podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Not sure how the show's going to go. It's the moment of the evening. Every case takes that for letting us down and pour a whiskey. Back open the LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Yeah, I mean, it was crazy. Everything surrounding this day has gone. Just about as well as you could hope. So, you know, K-State comes in. It's a massive road win, 75-57. We are in the KSO Airbnb, just a room over. You have the greatest journalists, you know, on the K-State beat. You have Matt Hall, Derek Young, Grant Flanders, John Kurtz, Mason Both, K-Dog, Kellis Robinette, and then Chris Nelson as well. You know, we are breaking bread, <laughs> smashing beers with the greatest ones, and now they're going all in playing NBA Jam. It sounds like they're all going to kill each other over a video. Yeah, game. it's, I it's mean, perfect. It's nice, you know, we come to Stillwater and we have these groupies that follow us. You know, it's really, really I nice. I know, it's crazy. You know, you have these professional journalists who beg us to come hang out with them and Maybe it's, some of them may, may, they may hop on the mic at some yeah, point tonight. Who, who but. knows? But uh, before we get too deep, you know, we're still sponsored by two great folks. First off, Tick Splits. You know, if you would have wanted to come down here, hell, you want to go to the K-State KU game on Tuesday. If you want to go down to Waco. You should go. I'm going. Let's do it. It's going to be a lot of fun. If you don't want to deal with all those bullshit fees, probably shouldn't cuss for uh, ad reads, but it's all right. If you don't want to deal with any of those fees, you want to pay the price you see, go to Tick Splits. No hidden fees. Guaranteed seats, guaranteed emotions. And you can get a little discount if you use the promo code capital armchair. You get 5% off. I did it. It saved me a little bit of money for this game here, and it's, it saved me a little bit of money for the KU game. It's the cheapest way to get tickets. You know, 5% off, not much, but it's something. I mean, it, it legitimately will make it a cheaper ticket than, you know, any of the other big time online secondary market folks. So it really is the best, best place to go. And also my bookie, I think this is going to air after the big game. I'm not sure when it's actually going to publish, but if you want to gamble, (laughs) use our promo code boys, 25, 50% deposit. And, uh, wow. looks like we have our first guest of the night. I got a, I got a text. My phone was well. I had it in a spot. And then Flanders came in there and got I don't know disrespectful and moved a lot of things around. My phone was gone. And hey, when I found it. It said, "Get in here, Dale." And I said, "Well, this could have happened an hour ago, for all I know." No, you're no, good, man. No, and, and this we're not going to disrespect Flanders because he set us up pretty nice on his computer. So we're going to respect Flanders. No, we already did. We already off. reversed. We already you know reversed the trend and. You know, you're our first. You're actually our groupie. You know, you're the groupie that followed us here. So, <laughs> I mean, first, I, I can tell you guys. Go first, back. First groupie is on the mic tonight. I can tell you guys. Go back and listen to that episode. And I want you, to, in hindsight, you know, to listen to when that gets said. You can immediately hear the discomfort in my voice because because he says, "Isn't isn't that fair?" And I'm like, "Yeah," you know. And then he's and then I but right away I know like it's not going to go over well because I mean it's not a very endearing term. And then I thought to myself, I mean, I'll try to sell this, you know. So I'm like, yeah, I mean, what you mean, right, is that they all have other jobs and they get to go watch, you know, these events as fans instead of, you know, whatever. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But boy, I didn't feel good about that. I'm just going to say. Well, and then also I, some breaking news with your appearance now right here. You're our first ever four-time <laughs> appearing guest oh, putting man. you in front of Jimmy KSU underscore fan. He's a guy I never thought I would beat, you know, in anything, K-State related, if it was, you know, trivia, podcast appearances, that kind of thing. But it feels really good. (laughs) And um, I just hope if I, maybe I step away after 10 or 15 minutes, talk to the other guys, you have some fun, you get some other guys on here, then I come back and it's number five. No, no, one episode, one episode. (laughs) But I I think he's kind of traded up. You can now hear KSU fan not only on your guys' podcast, but now on K-Man as well. Yeah, you know, and it's things, and, and I say this. How does I, that make you feel? Well, off? I got a funny answer. I, I say this half jokingly and half serious. I, I, <laughs> I joked with you guys about making this kind of thing look easy. Uh, he, he has great, great information. In all honesty, like, I love this. It's great 
to have people who um, I don't know have fresh fresh perspectives, interesting perspectives. Aren't he's trying, really smart. Aren't trying, and I mean you guys and him and other people too. Like who aren't trying to be, you know, what newspapers were back in no 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 disrespect for you know to writers, but what newspapers did back in 1995 or whatever, and are willing to do stuff now. But in, in some in some sense, like I love it all. But then you hear it, and I think to myself, man. If enough people listen to shows like your guys's and KSU fan and that kind of thing, they're gonna re- they're gonna honestly realize that um, media people. I-, I hope it's all can be heard back there. That media people like aren't aren't, aren't uniquely talented or, or smart at this kind of stuff, you know. And if everyone else keeps doing it as well as you guys do and fan does, it's gonna take away from our livelihood, man. Well, hey, then it'll give you guys more time to play NBA Jam on Xbox. I hope some of that's getting picked up because. Every, everyone listening to this, your guys' favorite favorite journalists are going nuts playing a video game, just like you guys. Big J journalists are humans too. No, no doubt. I mean, we had a three <laughs> a three man hug on the couch last night between myself, Grant Flanders, and Chris Nelson after this, our second win to go to two and zero. We felt like we couldn't do it. No one believed in us in this house, at least, and we did it. And immediate three man hug on the couch, like laying down, just screaming and yelling, and so happy. And it's NBA Jam, so yeah, everyone's the same. Well, that's amazing. So uh, <laughs> let's you know get, get into the meat of this pod. Uh, Grant, you and I, this is our second trip down to Stillwater together. Um, much more successful. We saw the, you know, the Joe Hubner decapitation game where yes, Cody did, Cook yeah. almost turned into a cult hero beating a ranked Oklahoma State team on the road. But we finally got a win. But what are your impressions of Stillwater, the city? Ugh. Frankly, I don't love it. I feel like it's pretty dumpy. Um, no, it's crazy. Everyone wants to talk about how hard it is to recruit to Manhattan. I Stillwater know. is a dump. This is a terrible place. It truly is. I mean, it's it's there's nothing about Stillwater that is appealing, and other than the fact that it's just simply closer to other big cities that are recruiting hotbeds like in Texas. I don't get it. I mean, it is a dreadful place yeah, to be. I don't want to hear any national talking head ever talk about Manhattan, I mean, Kansas being a tough place to recruit to after in terms spending of, an entire day here. Yeah, I mean, in ter- yeah, in terms of just a, a town in general, Manhattan is far more charming of a college town. It's it's just much much better in in every way. Obviously, it's a slightly more isolated, but. I mean, give me a break with all that nonsense. This place is a dump. There's no really other way to put it. I felt that way back in 2015 when we came, and I I feel the same way now. But I'm starting to like it a little bit more than that we won. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. The weird thing is I want to like Stillwater. I mean, because I've always, as a kid, kind of liked Oklahoma State as a similar-ish, in your head at least. I, I, I don't hate Oklahoma State. I'm not saying that right. like sour well, grapes wise. Like it no, just sucks. Well, it well, sucks when, here. When it's also just like the the perception. Every single time you see like a hot list of oh rank yeah. the the college city like Stillwater isn't. I mean it's just not great. No, it's pretty. It's not great. And yeah. I I don't know. I, it just kind of goes back to the narrative that I think Manhattan yeah. doesn't get the respect. No, yeah. Matters. And my point was not was just that like I is that I. Like I don't know if they can even hear what we're saying right now. I'm not like, sure either because these are very solid mics. At least the one like, I'm on is super noise canceling, but like when it's you're a, super loud back there. You guys don't watch a lot of pro wrestling, I know, but when you're a young guy and you're watching like old pro wrestling and, <laughs> and like the crowd gets loud, they have to say, oh, "I can't even hear myself thinking here," you know. But that's really what's happening right now. My it point. Looks, it looks like in the levels it's picking up a little bit, but it also might be us reacting to it, so I okay. can't quite tell. That's all it is. But what I was saying is that I, I want to like Stillwater because I like Oklahoma State, you know, and I, I don't love it either. I tell you, I think it's the name sounds cool. Like, you know, Stillwater, Oklahoma. Yeah. Like, I think that helps. And you're right, it's just perception. Like, it, it got out as being cool or a tough place to play because maybe Gallagher was cool for a long time and whatnot. And, but no, Manhattan's, I mean, Manhattan's a nice town. Manhattan's nicer than Stillwater. No, there's no By far. And, you know, I have a very good Oklahoma buddy that, I've never heard this, and I'm surprised I've never heard this before. And he texted me. He said, "Hey, have fun in Stoolwater today." And frankly, that's that's a bit fitting. That name is very fitting. Stoolwater makes sense. But I thought Gallagher Iba was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, frankly, I I I mean, this is my first away basketball game. I've been to Allen Fieldhouse. That's the other. I've been to Allen Fieldhouse. Obviously, not for an away game, but just for I went to. If you're hearing that, that is Chris Nelson. <laughs> um. I think that picked up. I think that picked up. <laughs> No, I don't think it did. It's got to be just us reacting. But I feel like Stillwater is a cool place to be, but 
I think they may have bit off a little more than they could chew with Stillwater. Yep. But or Gallagher-Iba. Gallag- well, yeah, Gallagher-Iba, it, it's a cool place. I think the building's nice. I like how steep it is. Um, I hate watching broadcasted games there because the camera angles are horrible. But, I mean, it was an easy enough drive. I mean, I'm just going to, you know, just drive down here. I I mean, I assume we're gonna we're gonna come here for football. It's too easy not to. I yeah, mean, it, it's, four hours. It's. It, I mean, the only the only two Big Twelve cities closer to Kansas City outside of Manhattan for us is Ames and Lawrence. So I mean, if you're gonna do an away trip, this is the one to do it. Um, Gallagher, you know, not one, not very full. The student section is pathetic. Uh, <laughs> folks, like you know, K State fans want to dump on K State students for not coming and supporting them. I understand it. They have really good seats. They have a lot of seats. It's noticeable when they don't show up. But I don't think there's ever been a game like since I've been since since Bob Huggins returned. There's never been a game with less K State students than we saw from Oklahoma State. Here no today. chance. At the very least, it seems like ICAT is almost always ninety percent full. I could be wrong there, but ICAT students typically show out. Yeah. Oh, it was it was just disgustingly bad by Oklahoma State students. But let's jump into the game. Um, we didn't actually sit together, so these are just my thoughts on the game. Um, <laughs> Can we report on that? Um, Kellis, you and John? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kellis and John Kurtz just won a game in NBA Jam against Mason Voth and Derek Young. First like time. Point comeback. Kellis Whoa. Played. First Kellis time, first time Kellis ever played. That's insane. That's why K Dog is one of the best in the biz. We love K Dog. Um, so I so I was checking Twitter throughout the game. I you know when I'm going through that, there was a lot of panic after that first six minutes. Oklahoma State's up five. We're not hitting shots. They hit a couple threes early, and in typical K State fan fashion. Twitter just starts melting down six minutes into the game. What were what was your thought process when Oklahoma State comes out? They get that five point lead. Shots are starting to fall. We look bad versus the zone. Are you panicking at all after that six minutes? Obviously. I mean, I I think I sent out a cryptic, uh, pessimistic pessimistic tweet when we were down four zero. I I said something along the lines of you know we're bricking everything. It's over, and it felt that way genuinely. We got to the to the twelve minute mark. And it just seemed like I felt like it was we looked low energy uh, offensively. We were throwing the ball out of bounds. We couldn't catch the ball, and it was you know it was a one point game at that point. And I I mean I felt bad about it. I definitely felt bad about it. It it kind of felt in terms of the offensive uh, offensive efficiency and the offensive game that I was seeing, it felt like Texas A&M all over again. It was too close for me. I didn't see the energy that I wanted to see. But, of course, I mean, it turned around pretty quickly. Matt, what was the mood up on Media Row up in the nosebleeds? <laughs> Funny thing, it was up in the nosebleeds, Section 312. But I didn't hate it. Good, to, good, uh, A different view of the court, which was kind of nice. I appreciated that. I had some similar thoughts to Grant, but probably not quite to that extreme. I didn't like seeing K-State get down 4 nothing. I thought that was a little bit troubling. I mean, all right, 4 nothing. I sure. I should put my phone in my pocket. Sure. No, I'm not even – that was not me making fun of it. I, I, mean, I didn't like that. I mean, it's a big road game. Come out, you know, get off to a good start after struggling. You get down 4 nothing right away. Didn't like that. Um, I didn't like the fact, like you said, I think it was 16-15 at the second media timeout. I didn't feel as bad as, as you did because I was probably convincing myself and the other guys. I was like, hey – and I'm not trying to I hate I hate personally knocking individual <laughs> players like forever. But Levi Stockard really struggled in this time out there. And I said to Nelson, I said, dude, I mean, like, you know, Levi Stockard's a minus eight difference right now in this game and they're down one. I think K State's been ten points better than them. I, I more or less I mean, I think maybe I was convinced myself I said they're gonna be fine when they get Levi off the floor. And that's and that's what happened. But no, you're not crazy if you're a little disheartened by the way it started because all week we wanted to see the exact different game, and we didn't see it right away. It just felt lackadaisical to me. It just felt lackadaisical, and you know, I had—I I mean, I had those same feelings when I was watching Texas A&M. Even when we were up six at one point, it was like, "All right, we'll be fine. We're going to—we're going to run our stuff, and it's going to be okay." But after losing a game like that, and you're on the road, and it's like in a weird nothing environment and it just felt this it just felt similar to me early on and then we started to hit shots and I started to feel a little more comfortable and I obviously I started to drink a few more beers I left they they serve beer I really appreciate that Gallagher Iba but 
I mean, starting off, absolutely was uncomfortable. What did you feel, Scott? Yeah, so I, I mean, I actually tweeted. Again, it's weird that I've become a very <laughs> positive person when it comes to K-State basketball because my exact tweet was, I'm not going to melt down at the under-16 timeout, but come ba- hit me up at the under-4. So that brings me to the kind of the next run of things. At the under-4, it's still a close game. K-State, you know, goes on a run. They get the lead. But Oklahoma State is staying within touching distance with about three minutes left. And it's crazy to think back because I went back and looked at the play-by-play on ESPN. Totally even forgot this. They hit a layup with three minutes left to put it within three. At that point, you know. 30 to 27? Was yeah. that the score? I was yeah. getting a beer at that time. I remember Good looking. God, you, I remember ducking like to look and see like through the little entrance. Was it Lindy Waters? Yes. I think it was Lindy Waters. So he, yep. he, he yes. hits that layup. All of a sudden, you're up three. But from that point on, the, the, to end the half and then to start the second half, K-State goes on a 19-0 run yes. to end the first half and to start the second half. At that point, the game was over. Like I, I loved seeing us close out a half well. For better or worse, so a Bruce Weber – you know, perception is he doesn't know how to close out the first half. I mean, I, it's it hasn't been as bad this year, I don't feel like. But last year, it was the calling card of this team to give up a, you know, 16-0 run. Not 16, but 9-0 run to end a half and give up a lead. Then you're going into halftime battling. It was so refreshing to see them say, no, we are going to close this game out to start the half. And then, you know, Oklahoma State didn't even hit a bucket until – what was under, it? It, was under, it took until past the 14-minute yeah. mark, I believe, of the second half. So they went nine minutes of game action without making a shot. Yeah, which is insane. It just goes back to... That's when 25% this, of the game. That, that's insane. <laughs> oh when this team is yeah. clicking, the defense is elite. Granted, you know, it's not... You know, NC State, Virginia Tech elite. Not you know, that elite. No. Forty-seven to twenty-five. When forty-seven gets you a twenty-point win over a top twenty-five team yeah, on the road. Th- th- those are two top twenty-five yeah. teams. I don't want to hear Imagine the national having... media talking about how K State can't score ever again. Imagine but, having yeah, ten points at half. That's that's insane. How but, bad you would feel. <laughs> but the defense just turned it on and just demoralized the Oklahoma State fans that were there and the players. And at that point, I mean, it's over. Yeah. What I mean, what's going? Uh, I'm sitting back just laughing at that point because this is the team that when everything is going correct, it is truly dominant. My thought, and it speaks to what you're talking about too, is that I turned to Nelson up there and said, hey, this is still somewhat similar to the Texas A&M game. K-State was up 28-20 in that game in the first half. You felt like they could pull away from it. They did. 35-27 at half here? Uh, It got better, yeah. Yeah, but I mean – yeah, was it thirty? No, they up thirteen. I think it was forty to twenty-seven at halftime. Yeah. Basically. Oh yeah. But the point no, was, we were up sixteen. I'm way off. Yeah. Barry well, hit that three at the very end. It was forty-three twenty-seven. We were up sixteen mm, points at half. I'm a hundred percent right. I promise. He might be right. But the thought is that you know even at A and M, shortly before the half, as an eight-point game, and I remember thinking there, he's right. Good big. Because I remember like yeah, thinking, forty-three We had a two-on-one, and I was yeah. like, oh, he's about to alley oop to in the half, right. and he just pulls up three and he nails yeah. it, and it was yeah. a sixteen-point. Margin. Yeah, I mean, so so that's fantastic. at that point, I felt obviously fine. But it was it was a, it was a not a point of growth, but uh, breaking a trend that you talk about, which is some rough ends and some halves. Because at A and M, they let them get back to it within four at halftime. A and M felt good about itself. K State, we know what happened there. At here, that wasn't a thought. You know, it was still it's still only you know a three point game after that Lindy Waters layup, relatively late in the three minutes left in the first half, right? So you go into halftime of three, you go up tied, whatever. Maybe a similar thing happened in the second half. Instead, you know, not close. And you hold a team, like we said, virtually 25, 25% of the game consecutively without making a basket. I mean, that's as good as you can play, you know. Oh, you 34 in the second half. There were 34. I know I went yeah. ahead, but yeah. It, it, it's insane what they were able to do. And, you know, it took... What what was it? What did they go on the final run to end the game? They went on. What, they like hit. A, I'm almost positive that they hit six threes in a row. At the I end think there. they ended the game like on a 19 to six run. I mean, they were just to, to put it. To, they had to go on an insane run to end the game just to lose by 17. It, it, it it's just it's just no. Oklahoma State ended on a 22 to six run to end the game. And, and they that, lost by 17 They lost points. by 17. Yeah. That's I mean, insane. K-State finally just went gangbusters when you look at shooting field, field goal percentage and three-point. 53% from the field and 552 from three. 
When it's all said and done, though, this is what surprised me when I went back and looked at the stats. Oklahoma State shot 40% from the field and 55% from three. Right. That shows how often we were turning the ball over and making them have empty possessions because you're not going to – how often is a team going to shoot over 50% from three, 40% from the field, and lose by 17? Yeah, in a game like just like you said that they really lost by 30. You yeah. know, I mean, exactly. Because in that stretch we were talking about, those nine or ten minutes – they weren't getting shots up either, which speak to what you're saying, because if they were getting shots up at that rate, they'd have been they in were, the game. Yeah. But they weren't even getting looks at the basket. I mean, that's how impressive that stretch was for K-State. And they talk about the shooting for K-State on the flip side. Like, this is bad to admit, but I think about 16, 15 minutes left, I more or less stopped watching the game. You know, and just started working on my stories or that kind of thing. Because I'm like, they're going to make everything. Yeah, and yeah. every time I looked up, I was like, oh, Sean Williams is in. He had a three. You know, oh, Cam Stokes got one. That's great. You know, and I just, every time I looked up, like, they were shooting it that well. And I love K State, you know, but they're shooting it that well that I borderline lost interest and said, "Well, this is just gonna, this one's done, man." No, and that has you to know? be a writer's dream. Yeah, it kind of I mean, is. You probably they, had your entire story just like copy and paste a funny Bruce quote here, right? Dean Wade, it's literally quote what it here, is, yeah. Post and then a million <clears throat> clicks because K State Online is the best oh, website in the world. I mean, and you know, and we all love K State. It is a dream because they're going to win. They could have set up a good game on Tuesday, and now I just do my work. You're right. It was a dream scenario. Speaking of dream scenario. Dean Wade. Wow. So he ends up going perfect from the field. I think he ended up with 24 points on 30 minutes. The only misses he made were on at the free throw line, which, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it was three for six from the free throw line. Ended up with six rebounds, three assists. Is this the best game Dean Wade has ever played? I mean, probably. He didn't miss. I mean, he literally went... A hundred percent from from the field, and I mean, how do you? Yeah. I'd have to look at you know his whole stats as, you know, as a whole. But obviously, shooting wise, I there is no other. Yeah. You can look as hard as you want. There's not going to be another game where he shoots nine for nine. No, if you want to nitpick the question, I'm sure I can go some find some game where he gave you know twenty seven and thirteen or whatever. But I mean, from an efficiency, like how efficiently he played the game of basketball and played it well. No, I mean like. It's hard, it's hard to imagine because he didn't just score. Like you said, he had six boards. I think he had three assists today, two blocks. Um, yeah, a great game. Yeah, and my, my friend Dylan, who I was sitting with, shout out to Sunny Cat, he said three minutes or four minutes into the game after Dean hit two of his shots, he goes, Dean should shoot the ball every time he gets the ball. He, Dylan, he, I mean, he saw it from the beginning. He knew he was on, and, man, we enjoyed kind of heckling the handful of Oklahoma State fans around us. Um Barry Brown also played 30 minutes. Just a solid Barry Brown night. 18 points, 6 for 11 from the field. He hit five three-pointers. So I'm going to take that every every time you can get it. Five for nine. He got four boards, three assists as well. Is there a team in the Big 12 who can beat K-State if Barry Brown and Dean Wade can give you a game like that? No, I mean not not without a, a really special effort, of course. No, because those two guys, K State's the only team in the league that has two first team All Big Twelve guys, right? I mean, there's even at this before the season they were, and even now, I, maybe Iowa State, if you want to argue about, you know. But for the most part, K State is the only team with two legitimate first team All Big Twelve guys, and if they're both playing at the highest level they can or most efficient level then they probably shouldn't lose to anybody in the league, barring, you know, a really special effort from another team. Now, how often will that happen? I don't know. Probably but, not yeah. again. But still, when it happens... It's special. It yeah. is truly special to watch. Um, yeah. Also, another guy, and he definitely got, like, outshined, but Cardi had 10 points. He had back-to-back good games. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know if I'm going to go as far as saying, hey, is, is Cardi, quote-unquote, back? Are we about to see him you know, play like this game in, game out? Because I, I think it's unfair to expect him to do that. But it is super encouraging to see him put two of these games together, again, coming off of a just a horrendous effort uh, well, who who did we beat before A and M? Oh, you're right. Yeah, a good game against A and M. It was Texas got, Tech, oh, yeah. where he did pretty much not nothing. Yeah, he got, you know, yeah, he got basically the West I, Virginia game earlier. He got flat yeah, out, he, flat out pulled. Yeah, yeah, and he just he, he takes those bad performances, and then he's able to string some stuff together. And he is he can be that third and fourth key that can take this team from dreaming about winning the Big Twelve to taking it by the throat and doing it. Absolutely. I mean, if we can get a consistent, solid performance from Cardi, 
it would be huge because I mean, early that's what on, we all yeah. wanted this season. That's people all we saying, need. That's people, all we need. People wanted Cam to be coming off the bench and Cardi to be starting because of performances that Cardi put in tonight. I mean, he's efficient when he scores. When he's checked in, he plays great defense. He passes the ball. I mean, this is the guy that we saw play versus Kentucky. This is the guy we saw play versus Creighton. I mean, what we need from Cardi right now is to be that peripheral guy that has 10 points a game, plays solid defense, doesn't turn the ball over much. We can't have him be completely anonymous because it's, I mean, we have guys that we can rely on like Barry Brown, Dean Wade, but Cardi is the type of guy that you have to have peripheral players like that. If you want to be an elite team, if you want to take the next level, you have to have guys like that, role players that can step in, get t- get you 10 points tonight, and not hurt you. Next season, we're going to have to have Cardi, you know, take obviously a next step. But obviously, he, he's had a bit of a sophomore slump, maybe. I don't know what, it, yeah. what you want to call it. But if we can get Cardi just consistently contributing in a positive manner, I mean, this team is going to be what we thought it was going to be, I think. I mean, it can achieve anything. If those peripheral guys can step up and contribute consistently, then look out because – that's that's what I honestly think we all was were hoping for going into the season. If we can have Cardi and you know guys like Mike and those bench boys stepping up. The bench. Can I ask? I, can I ask? I want to ask you guys a question. Can I ask you guys a question? Yeah. You, and then you, you want me to trade off one of the other guys at some point? Doesn't matter, man. I mean, I'll, I'll, I mean you're, we kind of have. You're like really a, good at what you're doing. We had like so. kind of three segments in oh, here. Oh, I just, I just if I, no, that's good. I just wanted to, I want to monopolize <laughs> no, it all because no, you want to play some NBA Jam. You don't <laughs> I mean, have to lie. You want me to go? But no, here's the thing, and I already know the point, but I think you guys do such, and I mean this sincerely. I'm not just praising you on your show. Like it's nice that you guys bullshitter are able to be both fans and cover it with some objective objectivity at the same time but to the core of it you admit your fans so i'm asking you guys this as fans you talk about the season being what we thought it could be and i know what you mean because i i understand the ups and downs like i know k-state has not been as good as but i i get that but throw that out did you think k-state right now would be better than 16 and 5 and 6 and 2 in the big 12 yes i i i thought that this big 12 record could be possible but there were no scenarios where i looked at the non-conference and sure. thought we we're gonna lose three sure so i mean and i don't even disagree with that I didn't think they'd lose three non-conference games either, so I'm with you. I guess I just mean, would you? I'll ask this: Would you have taken sixteen and one hundred and six and two? Yeah, I would have. Yeah. yeah, I would have. But I don't know. It's obviously that's extremely broad. That's an extremely broad question. Of course, and there's far more details that you don't, you know, see when you're asking a question like that. It's like, would you expect like going into okay. the season where you, you expect literally nothing? Not it, literally nothing. Here's a question. Sitting right here where we are right now, would you, everything you know, similar question, but would you, with all those details, would you snap your fingers and say, all right, I want to see them try it from, from the you mean top just again? just reset, start just again? Just reset, start again. That's a great question. I would not. No. No, no. Because, I mean. So, I mean, so that, that takes that, you know, that devil's advocate you're playing and proves that. Well, yes, you can't just be that broad, but I gave you the opportunity with all those details. Meaning literally like just start over and... Yes, start over. I mean, it's it's an open timeline. Maybe Dean doesn't get hurt. Maybe Cam doesn't get hurt. You start from scratch again and snap your fingers and do the reset. So, I mean, that's taking everything you said. So are you going to stand by your guns and reset? No, probably okay. not. I'm not saying that I would. I already said that I would take what we had. I'm I just know, saying but, but that you went on that rant. There's about a lot of small details that I expected to be different. I'm not saying that you know K State's in shambles right now. I'm just saying that it's. But, but I think this is great. I think this is my point. Like I think fans, and I'm not trying to paint you in this brush, but I'm just saying it. Fret about those details because you're still in your head. You're still fighting this. Like even though you've admitted twice, and I'm not making you like feel about it, you admitted twice you would take this result and wouldn't even start it over. Absolutely, you're, but I would you're take it. but you're still like yeah, but what's the yeah, but why does yeah, what, it, why it, do the details matter to you? And it's not just like, Grant. It's all it's, all, it's, it's, it's every every case. And that and that was my point. I wasn't trying to attack right. you, but you know, on, on Twitter we saw it today. Like in the first six minutes, you could get on KSO's boards. And you're going to see folks exactly. who are fighting with it. But I I, I don't. I would love to see the folks who said yes 
I I wouldn't have taken this up front, which you know I think you're crazy if you would say that. And folks who would really say I know everything, I'm getting I want to start I'm getting Flando's texts on his uh, computer right oh, now. Oh, I'm sure they're awesome. <laughs> I'm sure they're awesome. That's amazing. Um, before we before we wrap up talking about this game, um. I do want to, you know, you know me. While I have been the positive guy all season, I need to bring us down. This is yeah, pull us down. This is something that I've brought up far more than I wish I would have to. And he has turned around, clownsed me a couple times. But Mac had just another puzzling game. Yeah, I mean, sixteen minutes, only two points, only three rebounds. He got pulled early in the game with no foul. So it wasn't a foul trouble thing. I guess, Matt, you have a little bit more insight than us. You know, I know your best friends with Chris Lowry. Besties, Uh, I would say. Bruce only replies to my texts outside of the season. So he won't talk to me until they're cutting down the nets in March. Uh, but, but I bet but, you right away though. Like yes. I bet oh, you, I yeah. bet you he just he finishes up, he gets the that last like, trim hey, done, Scott, and while, know, as he's getting down man? off the ladder, it's like but texting. He doesn't but reply do you, to you right now. No, he, he told uh, me he wasn't going to. Oh, you, though, okay, right? funny, funny. Man. Yeah. But but you, you're you're a little bit more plugged in than us. Is the, is there some injury concern? What is going on with Mac? Because it used to be an every other game thing: good bat, Mac, bad Mac. But it's been a while since we've seen good Mac, and he's not even playing twenty minutes. No, well, that's all very true. I mean, and maybe I've lowered my expectations, and maybe as I'm hearing you talk, I'm thinking maybe that's what I've done. But when I, Max, the guy that even last year, I think he looked last year he averaged 21 minutes a game, and now there he took some time to develop, so it's not really fair to say because he was playing more than that late in the year. But average about 20, 20 minutes a game. This year is the same. So playing 16 on a night when you're up 34 in the second half probably isn't that weird. He probably would have played 21, 22 minutes in a close game. But, one, that's still not a ton for a starter if he's not in foul trouble. So you're right on that point anyway. And then, two, yeah, man, he only got one basket. Uh, not super active. But I tell you, he's just – and it was weird. I jokingly said, well, I said he doesn't have any fouls, so you should pull him because he should have one by now, you know. And anyway, but Levi comes in. They struggle mightily with Levi in the game. Mac comes back in. And it's not because of Mac. But then, you know, they basically run away with it until Mac's done playing with, you know, 15 minutes left. He's so valuable on defense. And it's just, I know this sounds so corny. It's so, you know, Lowry speak or whatever. But it's so true. He's the best on-ball screen defender big probably in college basketball. K-State's defense is elite when he's on the floor. So Mac really can have a – and I thought – so my point I'm getting to, I'm rambling a lot. I thought he played okay tonight because I start noticing all these things. I'm like, oh, he stopped that. Oh, that was Mac's rotation. He stopped that. Oh, Mac blocked that shot. So I see all that stuff now to think Mac's playing fine. But if I just look at the stat sheet, and I'm not talking down at looking at the stat sheet, but say, dude, this is a starter who played 16 minutes, scored two points. So I guess I don't know. Like, I think he's doing better than the stats show. But it has been a while, you're right, since we've even seen a – an eight and eight game, you know, I mean like something like that, where you can say that guy made a big difference. But hearing you say that does make me feel better because it is true. He is, you know, the best defender we have who plays the five spot. So the last thing I'm going to get on, we're going to take a small little break so you can play some video games. Boy, what? So, and and this is completely subjective, but on a 100 point scale, how much of today was K state just being elite and Oklahoma state being absolutely trash i love this i just just love like putting numbers on things yes and it makes you commit to your relief yeah and this this is this is what it what i think i think k-state played very well but i think this had way more to do about oklahoma state i i mean outside of you know barry brown and dean wade's offensive performance i would make this even more dramatic but i would say this was 65 Oklahoma State being utterly trash where I sat in, you know, mm-hmm. the frat house right here and said, you know, <laughs> I don't think they're going to win another game. So I think 65 Oklahoma tr- tr- State trash, 35 K-State being having an elite night. Man, I, I would go – And I'm the positive one. Man, I'm going to go way the other way. I would go 60-40, I thought, K-State. Good. Um, because I thought K-State just played – it's hard to shoot that ball well, that well against air, you know, that K-State did tonight and that kind of thing. So I'm not, we've seen him miss shots like that a lot against Texas A&M a week ago and that kind of thing. So I think they deserve credit for, for making those shots and playing as well as they did. But Oklahoma State was a really bad basketball team tonight. It's a tough one to grade in that scale because I think K-State was really, really good. I think Okie State was really bad. And that's how you get a 35-point deficit in the second half. But 60-40 K-State, I thought K-State 
And you think they did great too, but I thought K-State did a good job. I mean, good I job. think I uh, I lean more towards where where Matt is. Um, look, Oklahoma State's not very good. Obviously, what, they're 9-12 and 12 yep. now. Bad basketball team. They've kicked three players off their team. They had open tryouts. It, they're bad. They're a lousy basketball team. But Dean Wade shoots 9-9. Nine and nine. K-State hits 16 threes, which is second most in school history in our, our entire basketball history. We right. hit second most threes ever. You There's don't do that. More it doesn't matter. Out of three point line, you know what? It doesn't. It doesn't matter. I mean, we hit 16 threes tonight. It is what it is. We shot the ball well, and it is what it is. We played decent basketball. And it's like 90 10 it, to me. 90 yeah, 10. Yeah, do it. 95, I'm not doing 90 do 10. It. I mean, I'll, I'm I'm comfortable with the 60 40, and that's where I'm going to stay. Okay. A couple of 60 40s. No, that, I don't think that K State was incredible, but they shot the ball very well. And, uh, you know, Oklahoma State's bad. <laughs> They're really bad, so it is what it is. There was 40 people in that gym tonight, and, you know. You were two of them. I think 20 of them were the basketball players, so. <laughs> it is what it is. But, hey, it's a W, and now we're moving on to. Made me feel good about it. <laughs> moving on to maybe the biggest, one of the biggest regular season games in in in. K-State basketball history. Basketball history, I would say, before I leave. Basketball history. Oh, okay, so, so... So you are leaving officially. This, what? Are you, you're yeah, officially he, leaving. He is. Go right, before you leave, I'm, uh-huh. g- I'm going to let you get out on this, and then we're going to hit pause. What, this is... Tuesday night is the biggest regular season K-State basketball game since when? I mean, I've put some thought into this. Not enough to, not enough to give it a good answer, but I, I, I would have to say... The home game against Kansas, the year they tied for the Big 12 title, is my guess. I'd have to go back and look because I imagine they played well because that was you know that was later in the year. You knew K State would have won the Big 12 had they won that game. I mean, I know I, that's my guess. Probably 2012 KU game. You know, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that because I disagree. I just we just lost. We just, we just get swept all the time. It's annoying. It is annoying. How bad do you guys want to sweep over KU? Like, how bad do you want that to happen? Frankly, I want it badly. I, 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 do, I, I, Scott's going to play this card as if he doesn't care no, 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 about beating KU. Stop, no, stop, you stop, time, stop, time out. All right, here. We're, we're going to just get into it. I I, yes. I, I would prefer... Imagine to, sweeping I, KU in basketball. Yes, and it would, it would, it would be, be unreal. It would be fun, but I would much prefer to just give me the Big 12 trophy over sweeping KU. But, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. it would mean okay, nothing yes. if we didn't win the trophy. You, you guys just took that, like, oh, yeah, right, of course. Right, right. I guarantee there are K-State fans out there that if you said, hey, yeah, you yeah. could Probably, sweep yes, KU you're right. You're right. or get the Big 12 trophy, there are oh. fans that are taking the sweep over the trophy. Oh, I'd rather get yes, swept. I'd rather, so rather lose three times and win a no, trophy. Even Matt if we Hall tra- fanboy, like completely fanboy, I'd rather lose to KU by 30 three times Absolutely. and win the Big 12. Than sw- I'm not saying it's better. I'm just saying how not. Because if, if you no, sweep them this year, uh, you're going to win the better. Big 12. And, and again, I would, don't get me wrong. I'd prefer to sweep them than not. But again, I... I don't know. It, no, I see what your point it, is. You're just saying, like, yeah, it'd be great, but, like, let's not act like, you know. Well, and I also, on yeah. the last podcast, on the Q&A episode, I said that the single greatest atmosphere in North American sports is K-State, KU, and Bramler. So I, I can go the entire, like, I can go all in on both sides. I just I, I just think that the the idea around that is just just so encompassing of so many cases. And, and I can say this in sincerity though. When I thought it, I was thinking about sweeping Kansas. No doubt about it. Cause what I said, I was thinking it, but in my head, I did have at least I can see in my head, this like picture of what my thought was. The foundation of it was that means you're winning the big 12. So that's why to me, it seems so meaningful. Cause like you're going to win the big 12 if you sweep KU. I, I, I agree with you. you I know? think if we sweep when we, well, I don't know. Iowa State's playing Iowa pretty State's well. Baylor's really playing pretty well. Baylor's good, too. I, I don't know. But speaking of that, you get out of there. You okay, go play okay. some video games. This was a great send, time. Yeah, send someone if they want to. If not, oh, it, it is what it somebody. is. But Big 12 race, it, today could have been a massive day, but no one did K-State no, any favors. Not at all. Baylor gets beat by T- – or Baylor beats TCU. KU demolishes Texas Tech. And then Iowa State wins a close one versus – Texas. Texas. So it's just an you just gotta you gotta beat the team that's in front of you. That's really what it is. What's up, Nelly? It's hey, Nelly. Hey. And this is the perfect segment for you because we're talking K State KU on Tuesday. Who? K State KU on hmm. Tuesday. Hmm. Matt Hall says the biggest regular season game since two thousand twelve. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, how's probably, that? 
I, hey, that's good stuff. So we just got done talking about how no one did K-State any favors. You know, Iowa State wins, KU wins, Baylor wins. Everything's the same. So the game versus KU on Tuesday could either give K-State a game-and-a-half lead on KU or it slips. KU's back to on top. They scored 79 versus the second-best defense in the Big 12, Texas Tech, today. We talked about it earlier. They, all their starters started hitting threes. With all that being said, what's the formula to beat KU on Tuesday? The formula to beat KU is to be able to take advantage of Dean's matchup on the offensive end. Um, you know, he's going to be guarded by a smaller defender for a lot of the night. And can K-State space the floor well enough to be able to take advantage of that and get him the ball? Um, on the other than the court, they have to force Dedrick Lawson to play to his weakness. You know, he's a great player. He can score with either hand. But if you let him – get to his right hand every time down the court, he's going to score 29 like he did against Iowa State and dominate the game. I, uh, I, I, I've been saying it all day. I do not have a good feeling. Grant, it, we're going to be there. I'm, I'm sure – are you going to be in the house? I will. Okay, so all three of us are going to be in the house. Grant, what, what does the game have to look like for us to be walking out of there happy for the first time in four years? Let me just read through Nelly's tweets for the last half hour. He's put out about 15. I've been unloading. I mean, holy shit, Nelly. You've got like 25 tweets in the last 10 minutes. It's really good stuff. It's all KU, how to beat KU strategy. It's actually unreal. You should read through this stuff. That is, hey, tell everyone, where can they follow you on Twitter? Uh, KSO Nelson. Yep. KSO yep. underscore Nelson. I mean, he's just spitting fire. for the. I mean, Last 25 minutes, he's put out about 15 tweets about how we're going to beat KU. But I've watched him play a few too many times in my life and made a few too many mental notes. I mean, as a non-basketball mind, frankly, what I want to see is, at the very least, give me, give me our bread and butter. If we're not, I know we're going to come out defensively on, with our hair on fire. That's yeah. what matters. Um, it's just, if we can shoot average, that's all I'm saying. I mean... I'm sure KU's going to hit us with a triangle in two. They might throw a little zone. Yep. Um, they might throw a little zone at us. They know what our weaknesses are. Bill Self's not stupid, but just shoot average. Can yeah, we, we can, said that can earlier. We, can we shoot average? Last year, you know, we were 5-1 and one going into a massive game against yeah. KU at home. I mean, the atmosphere was unbelievable. I was there sitting in the second row, and – we came out and we couldn't hit a shot to save our lives. And KU obviously was on fire. They shot like seventy-five percent in the first like fifteen minutes. It was absurd. Luckily, KU doesn't don't have those shooters this year. But can I mean, they we? How sure are we well, how how are we going to look? The seniors are what zero and eight, zero and eight yep. against KU. Every time they've played, how are they going to mentally? perform in this game that's that's, that's my it. biggest fear is just the mental block and that is a real it's, thing it, it, it absolutely is. is and i'm well, gonna shit on kso a little bit yeah. here because listening to listening to kso at one point you weren't on the shows you actually might have been on the show i yeah but it was fan fan was on the show and matt was on the show and there was a question about how it was some, my question it was your question about is there a mental block against ku something like that i don't know why don't well, you just yeah, so why I, don't you I, just I, ask me and nelly the this, question this if is, you remember this was it. my question yeah. i said does all the pressure that K-State fans put on the KU-K-State game okay. make it a bad thing? Does it have an effect on the players? And I, Matt said And I will no. answer for them. KSU fans uh, they said, said no. I yeah. can't see how it doesn't have a, a, a right. big impact. I think it does, and you guys might have already talked about this, but in post game today, Bruce said that you know someone mentioned about the crowd and how into it they're going to be, and he said it's not about the crowd; it's about the 15 guys in our locker room. And I think that was Bruce trying to address that fact that that they can't, you know, that that hype and all of that can build up so much that it hurts the team. I think it does every single year. Yeah. I mean, the general consensus from from that question well, and, of that show is that look, these are these are high end athletes, and if they're letting that affect them, then they may just not well, be good enough. And that's just hilariously absurd these are human beings and they're amateurs and i wish i would have said this so we could have confronted matt oh we should have well and and all that anger and and passion turns into nervous energy when k-state comes out and misses their first four threes and it's like oh my god here we go again and then then it's yeah and then you can the whole place can feel that nervous energy and obviously look ku is absolutely just historically dominated us in Manhattan. Of course there's going to be pressure to win that game. That's what everyone wants to do. K, we, 
not even K-State. Everyone when KU comes to town in hoops wants to smash KU. All I was hearing tonight, I mean, people that were sitting around me was like, look, you guys are, I mean, we're getting smashed, but at least it's not KU. I mean, like, everyone hates KU. Everyone wants to beat KU in basketball because they're a bunch of pricks. I mean, obviously, we know. And they've been on top for, what, 14 years. They've won it 14 years in a row. The- and then we're, obviously, we have that. They have an extreme amount of dominance over us, but we have that little brother bullshit card that, of course, we want to beat them. It's insane to think that there's not an immense amount of pressure on their minds. It's just crazy. The one positive beauty about the game this year and the, the thing that this team has to hold on to, that the things that they have to do well are totally in their control. You know, if they come out and play lockdown defense, play with passion, all of that, you know, assuming they don't go 2-20 from 3, they can win the game. Against Texas Tech, what they shoot 29% from three, I think, and they still won by double digits. Yeah, KU's probably a different beast than Texas Tech, but they, like you said, they don't have to be special to win this game. So that, that brings me to my next point. And I, I, you know, everyone listening to this, they, they didn't get to hear, you know, the two hours of ramblings that went on before we hit, hit record, but I've been saying it all night. You know, KU. Now they have this chip on the shoulder they can play. They just went off on Texas Tech tonight. Does K-State have enough horses in the stable to be able to score with them if they have another night that they are on like they had versus Tech? KU shooting like that? No. No, they don't. But I, you know, KU's yet to prove they can play like that on the road, but I do think they certainly have something to rally around now, and that makes any team dangerous when they find – and it can be the dumbest thing in the world that a team finds to rally around. But And this is somewhat of a real thing. So, yeah, that certainly is a scary, scary part of it. All right. So, we'll, we'll go around. A couple of questions to end K-State KU talk. So, the first one is, outside of Dean and Barry, who is the one guy who needs to have the biggest yeah. night? So, we'll start with Grant, then we'll <laughs> go Nelson, and then me. I bet all three of us are on the same page with McCall Maywean by far. He's going to be absolutely massive. If we can't get McCall, well, first off, if McCall is having an off night, that's fine. But if we can keep him on the floor just for his defensive ability, I'm fine with that. If he is, stays out of foul trouble early, fine with it. I don't need to get 15 points out of Maywean. I don't need I don't need eight and eight. I just need him to be on the floor so that he can so he can be that def- elite defender that I know that he can be. I I mean, there's no other player that. There's no other player to say, but I want you guys to maybe chip in. I don't know. I agree. It is Mac, but secondarily, it's, it's Xavier Sneed. You know, look back at the game last year. He had five, six, seven wide-open threes and wasn't close Mac on any of them. He hated has, himself last year. Yeah, Sneed has to knock down some open shots in this game. Yeah, so my guy was going to be Xavier Sneed. I'm not even putting the qualifier on there. And it's for that exact reason. We saw it tonight versus Oklahoma State. Yeah. And we've seen it all season long. Xavier Sneed, for whatever reason, gets four or five uncontested three-point shots. Yes. And he's gotten to the point where he only takes two or three of them. If his first shot doesn't go down in a night – I think he gets in his head far too much, and then he, he starts passing up shots. And it's not pump and then driving to the rim. He pumps, and then he just rotates the ball out to Cam or whoever's at the top of the key. And if he doesn't have that confidence, I don't I, – I, I, I'm very well, worried yeah, about and, what, what's going to happen. And I told Derek Young earlier tonight, you know, Bill Self saw like Bill Belichick in, in that if he senses that Xavier Sneed's hesitant to pull the trigger – then that's going to put much more of the focus on Barry Brown and Dean Wade, and he, he will let Xavier Sneed have those open looks. Oh, yeah, they, they will sag off of him, yeah. and that's just an extra defender to either stop Barry from getting to the rim or to trap down on Dude. Dean. So that that's the first one. Yeah, the- I've never seen a player so, so you know, mentally – Shattered than I saw Xavier seen last year. He pulled he called he pulled did. himself yeah. out of the game yep. and sat he for did. like ten minutes. Yeah, and I mean he had his head in his hands for for a good five five minutes when he was on the bench. He he was completely in his own head. So hopefully he broke that. I mean, I was honestly when I was at that game I was genuinely worried about about X's ability <laughs> to like bounce back from that. But I just don't know what what kind of X are we gonna get tomorrow? Is it not tomorrow on Tuesday is it going to be is it going to be Kentucky X or is it going to be 
all the pressure in the world on my on my shoulders against KUX. So I mean, we're I'm, see. I'm, I'm hoping it's Kenta- if if we get Xavier right, we get- Sne- if we get Xavier Sneed, the NBA prospect Xavier Sneed, we're winning this game. I'm not. I have Agreed. zero doubt about it. So the next one is a multiple choice, either or, however you want to phrase it, because we have yet to see Cartier Jada and Mike McGurl both have a what I would call an a an a game or a or at least you know both score in the same game like together yeah together okay so my question is Cardi Mike both for the first time in a long time or neither will score seven or more points have they ever <laughs> no, I, they, I, mean, I, I, I think I think maybe Creighton is the only time they have yeah probably so. I think Creighton might be the only time it's both you know, typically we've seen it the last couple nights or last couple games. Cardi scores in double figures. Mike gets maybe two or three, and then before that, Mike had a couple breakout games, and that coincided with you know Cardi not scoring at all. Hmm. So who, who's it going to be? I thought this was multiple or choice. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it is multiple choice. I well, mean, there's no right or wrong answer. You have four options. I'm you can l- either say Mike, Cardi. Neither or both. I'm definitely leaning towards one or the other. Um, I would be shocked if both of them put in an over seven point game. Um, they are both starting. It seems like to maybe click. Mike. Mike has shown some some confidence um, since obviously the West Virginia game where he you know he broke out for 18 points. But but Cardi's Cardi's starting to click click as well. So that's that's not as bad of a question as I initially thought it was. But if I'm going to have to pick one, I'll probably say Cardi. Um, I think he's contributed a little bit more, at least in the last two games. He had 10 tonight, and he had 14 in, against A&M, and he's become more involved in a lot of facets. He's, I'm going to go with Cardi. It's got to be Cardi. That's my, that's my multiple-choice choice. Have to both score seven, or, or they won't score seven? Is that the or question either. again? Or, or, either? or you can choose one or the other, both or neither. So that's the multi. You have four choices. <laughs> yeah. How about I, I choose a combined for at least twelve points? Whoa! I would. How's that? I would take. So yeah. That, that would. That's actually great. That that's an extra <laughs> that, credit question. You that, you ride off to the other side. E and then I like that one. I'm actually I'm feeling Mike in this game. I I he, love Cardi. I he he coming into the year was my guy who I said he was going to take a step forward. I love Cartier Jada, but I don't think we're going to see three straight games where he is scoring seven or more. And I think if Mike McGurl hits his first shot, his swagger can fill up the entire arena. I was just going to say that, that Mike has the right mindset, and Cardi some too, just because Cardi so, I think, relaxed and sometimes too relaxed that things don't seem to bother him. But Mike, you know, that game in the Big 12 tournament last year against KU, freaking Mike. His swagger in that game was unreal. I mean, he was going up against Devontae Gramos tonight and did not back down one bit. Yeah, and, and that's where I think the legend of Mike McGurl, which I think outgrew his actual production, started, no yeah. was that KU game yeah. in the Sprint Center. And it was that swagger. So, you know, I that, that's why I'm going with him. The final question before we get to an official prediction for the game, Sandstorm will be played true or false? Huh. True. Easy true for me. True. Yeah. I, I, I'm saying false, which is a precursor, sadly, to <laughs> my prediction. Oh, so, no. I know. So, prediction time. It'll be us three, and if anyone walks back here for the rest of the pod, we'll get them to go on the record. Uh, we'll go Grant, we'll go Nelly, and then myself. Give me a winner and a score. Ugh. You know, I don't feel good. I mean, how could you? Yeah. Frankly, how could you feel good predicting this game if you're a KC fan? Well, I you mean, just sat. You both sat here and told me all you guys have to do is shoot average, and you're going to win. So, <laughs> well, we don't do that. that no, much. I'm not convinced. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb. All right. I think the Cats get it done. I don't know if we're going to win the conference this year, but I think we're going to win this basketball game. Um, we're due. We're due for for beating KU at home. We're due for beating K- these these this senior class is due for beating KU in general. We're they're zero and eight against them. The crowd's going to be electric. At the very least, we're going to play elite high energy defense, and that's going to give us a chance to win. I think we shoot average, maybe a little bit above average, and I think we win the game. 
68 to 64 cats. Ooh, that's definitely in Sandstorm territory. I was, you're crazy yeah. if you think Sandstorm is not getting played. It's uh, getting played. Okay, I mean. Unless you got some inside information, I, I think it gets played There, there is a formula for why, when to play Sandstorm, <laughs> and it's under six minutes left in the game, KU having to call a timeout, K-State's on a run, and oh. you're within six points. Oh, they're calling no. timeout, baby. Okay, that, I mean, that's fine. I mean, we'll, we'll hear it in my prediction here in a little bit. Molly? I mean, I would prefer the sandstorm moment where we're up 15 and Bill Self calls timeout and runs out of things to say and puts them back out on the court like he did against Poland senior year. Late in the game, that, too. Preferably. That was the greatest sandstorm moment of all time. The birth of the LFG, guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I oh, – man. I think I'm snake bitten, and I, you know, I've just seen this too many times. I, I can't pick K State. Oh you know, I, no! I, I'll pick KU sixty nine, sixty three. I think it's a game that K State will be in the entire game, and just will fail to make that big shot on a few occasions where they have a chance to get themselves over the hump. Yeah, I, I've been saying it all night. I, I feel bad about this game. KU finally started clicking, shooting. They get to rally again. It's us against the world, even though, you know, that's just as stupid as Tom Brady doing the whole bet against us crap. I think K-State will be favored in Vegas being the first time since 1999. Uh, and that game we Crazy. lost by 25. We're not going to lose by 25. No. But my official prediction is KU 71, K-State 59. It's, you know, a 12-point win. Um, never really in the game. It's going to resemble last year's game. I – I hate it. I don't like it. It sucks. John Kurtz, no, come here. So we're asking anyone who walks by for the re while we're recording your official K-State KU prediction. We need a score as well. Yeah, yeah. So K-State 69. Nice. Um, Kansas 66. All right. So we are now officially two and two. We have two K-State predictions and two KU predictions. I did. I picked. I K did. I picked K State to lose by twelve. And I was the one who said K State was going to win the conference while while we had we were zero and two, and I said K State's still going to win the conference. So I'm. I just. I do not feel good about this. You think they're going to win the conference but lose the game? I don't know if we're going to win it anymore. I think. I truly believe that this whole NCAA thing is this magical carrot that Bill Self is now going to put in front of his team. Honestly, I think there's some legitimacy to that, man. Good God. All right, go back go back in there and play your video games. <laughs> Laundry on the porch. All right, well, Nelly, thank you for coming and talking KU, hey, K-State with us. Go back in there, play right. video games. Say if anyone wants to talk Blake Siler, you can send them back. Well, Otherwise, you guys keep going nuts in there. All right, uh... We're going to wrap it up. We're going to talk about um, some news that broke pretty late last night. I was getting ready to go to bed. Um, K-State's native son himself, uh, Blake Seiler, taking a job to be the linebackers coach at West Virginia. We don't know what the salary is going to be. We don't know anything about that, but um, – it happened. What were your initial – give me your initial thoughts when you saw the uh, Pete Dammel tweet. I mean, initially I was – initially and I still am very disappointed that Blake Seiler left the program. But, you know, I, I don't – I've seen a lot of people talk about how it's – people are hitting the panic button thinking it's indicative of something deeper and more meaningful than it really is. I think it's just a business decision from Blake Seiler. That's what I thought initially. I mean, my first thought was, yeah, that makes a lot of sense because he was – look, Blake Seiler was defensive coordinator last year. He was passed up initially, took a demotion, and then he was passed up again and then, you know, took a $140,000 pay cut my initial thought was that it hurt my it hurt me because I think Blake Siler is an elite coach. I do think he's an elite mind, and it sucks because he's young. He's a K State guy. He says, you know, you cut me, I bleed purple. I believe that, but I mean, initially, my just initial thoughts is that I'm disappointed, but I wish him the best. You know, unless he's playing the Cats, I I, I don't think it's indicative of anything more than him taking a business opportunity and furthering his career, giving himself just. You know, expanding his horizons, he's getting experience, and it's not that big of a deal. I think we'll be okay. Assistants leave. 
Good assistants leave a lot. It happens. We can find a replacement. He's DN's coach. I don't think it's that big of a loss. If he was our dis- defensive coordinator and he walked out, I'd feel a little bit different, but I'm not too terribly concerned. I, how do you feel? Yeah, I. Uh, the, the biggest thing this is truly going to hurt is recruiting. Absolutely. I think he was an elite recruiter. Fact of the matter, and some people are going to take this as me taking a shot at Blake Siler. This is not supposed to be a shot at Blake Siler. But in that defensive coach's room, he, his voice honestly wasn't going to matter. Um, you have a head no. coach who has been an elite defensive mind his entire career. You have a guy in Scotty Hazelton who took Wyoming from a you know bottom 30 defense in FBS to a top 20 defense. You have a guy in Joe Klanderman who has been the right-hand man of climbing the entire time. Then you have a guy like Van Malone who is an experienced power five – not power five, but FBS defensive coordinator. You're not losing out on – a ton of, you know, in like defensive mastermind, you know, thought process. I, I think he's a smart guy. I think when it's all said and done, he's going to be a power five defensive coordinator again. But I don't think you're missing out on – I don't think the room is going to be hurting. Recruiting-wise, that's going to suck. But guess what? You can get a generic recruiter and place him at defensive line coach and pay him even less than Siler's being made. As long as it doesn't hurt our recruiting, like, immediately – no, it will. You're, we're, we're not going to get – I mean, when this comes out, it might, it might change, but you're not getting Gavin Potter anymore. You have some – you know. I mean, we might. Defi- but no, we're not. All right. I'll bet you. Okay. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm not necessarily confident at all that we're going to get him, but I don't like that you're so definitive that we're not – or so so certain. So let's bet on it. I'll bet you. Um, what should we bet? A uh, beer of the pod. I'll bet you a beer of the – I'll bet you a growler. Of your choice from double shift, a growler of each other's choice from double shift. Yep, that we land Gavin Potter. All right, I have zero confidence, but why not? All right, there we go. Um, so, in the only other two things on Blake's eye I want to talk about, but we both said, is this reason to concern? This is the second uh, defensive coach to leave. Uh, without a game being played, without spring practice even starting, and is it a red flag? I mean, for me, is no and no. I'm. I think everything Blake Seiler did was a calculated decision. He said yes to coming on the staff without knowing his salary or position. It was a calculated risk because he wanted to be coaching at a Power 5 level no matter what. He then accepted the title and the salary demotions. Calculated risk. There wasn't a better job out there. A, a comparable job that's probably going to pay him a little more came and he left. Everything he's done is calculating. There's nothing wrong with that. No, it doesn't bother me at all. Definitely, I mean, no. I already summed it up. No red flags for me. Um, I, I, yeah, people are, like, literally panicking from this. And I think it's a loss for sure, but it's not the end of the world. And it doesn't. it's not indicative of any, like, toxicity or anything like that. I, from what we've heard is that, you know, Blake had a great relationship with the staff and with Climate, and it's not something I'm worried about. So... I think we'll replace him at that position, and we'll move on. We have good defensive minds at work, I think, in the in the staff now. Not too worried about it. The only thing I am worried about is recruiting and how it's going to affect us you know, right now. But I'm going to get that growler, so it's going to be okay. <laughs> well, I think that's all we have left on the script. Um, there's not – as things stand right now, subject to change, but there will not be a quick take, hot take on Tuesday for the KU game. We are currently planning on getting together Wednesday morning or early afternoon and doing a show for y'all. We will immediately release it when we are done on iTunes, Spotify, Player FM, etc. And that should be up by Thursday morning on Armchair. Um, you know, let us know your guys' thoughts. Um, thanks for riding with us. This has been a crazy episode. I mean, you know, who who would have thought that the entire K State sports beat was in love with NBA Jam? They love it. It's extremely loud. They're constantly screaming. I don't think you can hear it on this, but, you know. It it created for a distracting podcast, but, you know, this has been fun. Hey, this way we have it. We have our episode, and we don't have to worry about anything in the morning. Just getting back to Kansas City to watch the Super Bowl. That's right.
Um, it is what it is. Maybe at the cathead. Love you. of us probably struggle with sleep hygiene, how to fall asleep, stay asleep, and get restful sleep. But did you know that improving your sleep hygiene could help improve your overall health? Health Break, a podcast by UPMC Health Plan, dives into this topic with advice and tips you can use from our expert wellness health coaches. Listen now to find out how you can start improving your sleep at upmchp.us slash healthbreaksleep. That's upmchp.us slash healthbreaksleep. Podcast Network.